0: All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
1: We turned this city around in 20 months. And then what happened? Started with a madman down in Texas decided he wanted to bust people up to New York City. 110,000 migrants. We have to feed clothes, house, educate the children, wash their laundry sheets, give them everything they need health care, And this team here, we stated, let's do everything possible before we have to push it out into neighborhoods and communities. Month after month, I stood up and I said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near you. Well, we're here. We're here. We're getting no support on this national crises and we're receiving no support and let me tell you something new yorkers never in my life have i had a problem that i did not see an ending to i don't see an ending to this i don't see an ending to this this issue will destroy new york city destroy new york city we're getting 10 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we're getting Russian-speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're in uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable. Probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So, as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it okay. last
0: uh Thursday, 7 September. That's the mayor that made New York City a sanctuary city where well, he got his wish. Uh now they have what over a hundred thousand and they're not migrants, they're illegal aliens. The peop the person that's done more to warn America about this and actually be down on the cutting edge is Todd Bensman now joins us from the Rio Grande Valley. Todd we had lost your connection this morning, but I wanted to ask you the what is ha- it, it, this? You called this. You wrote a book about it overrun. You've been down there reporting. You said they're coming from all over the world because the Biden regime is basically set up to have an invasion of this country. And you were the first to warn that this is just not going to stay down the southern border. When we did We Build the Wall, one, thing's we, one of our, our marketing hooks for people throughout the country was to say, You have to pay attention to what's happening down in El Paso, Texas, up this mountain. We're building the wall because every town's a border town. Every state's a border state. Now that you're seeing it, and particularly in the the haven of kind of Marxist, progressive, uh, left-wing policy, New York City, it's leading to a total and complete destruction of the city. And that's not Steve Bannon or Todd Benzman saying it or Gavin Wax. That's Eric Adams, the mayor, Todd Benzman.
2: With that speech he gave. First of all, this is not uh, Governor Greg Abbott's doing. This is Joe Biden's doing. Uh, Those illegal aliens bust themselves up there for two years before Greg Abbott ever put anybody on a bus. And the reason why they're going to New York is because they're giving them everything. You can talk, I'm in McAllen, Texas. This is ground zero where it happens behind me. These buses, Catholic Charities is right over here. This is where the Border Patrol drops them off to get on the buses right across the street from me. I'm looking at it right here, going to New York. Why? When you ask them, they tell you because they're taking care of everything. They're giving us everything. Um, The $12 billion that they're talking about is the honey attracting the bees. And uh, I I just wanted to unpack that a little bit. And the, the policies at the border right now, the Biden federal policy right now is to let everyone in. The apprehensions actually I'm going to stop calling them apprehensions at the border they're not. These are welcomes. So the the number of welcomes between ports of entry for the month of August is going to be at again another all-time high. It looks like it's north of a uh, 180,000 welcomes. Everybody gets in now. Everybody. There's nobody who comes to the southern border Uh, Except maybe some of the most hardened criminals, and even they get in. Everybody gets in, and so that's why they're coming. That video right there, those are family units. We're letting all family units in. 100% guaranteed welcome into the United States. Not an apprehension. These are welcomes. Uh, Border Patrol is welcoming everybody in, um, and they're, they're coming because of that. And then they're going to particular cities because of what they can get there. And they'll tell you that if you ask them. Uh, So this is not hard to understand. Uh, It was predictable. I wish I could say I was brilliant in predicting in my chapter, Forever Consequences in Overrun, uh, that this was going to happen, that there would be these forever consequences in the interior of the country. But it was pretty easy to predict, honestly.
0: Okay, you've got the schools today. They're announcing 20,000 illegal alien Kids are in the schools. They're, they're people are trying to have uh, GoFundMe pages to 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 fund. Basically, their kids are being shoved out of the libraries. They're being shoved out of the cafeterias. People out there are trying to raise money to actually provide services that should be provided. Going to these illegal alien kids, uh, they're not vaccinated, and I'm not wrong. about with the COVID vaccine, because they don't make them get that, they're not vaccinated with even the most basic uh, vaccines. When you say "forever co- consequences," what do you mean? Eric Adams wished this on himself. The taxpayers in this country are underwriting it. These guys are getting thousands of dollars of cash. They're getting full medical. They're getting cell phones, transportation, all of it. But what are the forever consequences? Because what we need immediately and the House ought to cut off all funding. In fact, the House of Representatives ought to move uh, the Congress right now. It doesn't have to be in the nation's capital. There's nothing in holy writ says they have to be there. They are temporarily move it to McAllen, Texas. Until this invasion is stopped, until this invasion is started, uh, what are the forever consequences? And do you see any anything but performative hearings that's going on to choke down the Biden regime of the money that they're using to, to do the invasion of the southern border? I think we just lost. Uh, Todd just froze up. OK, uh, let's see if we can't get him back up. Um, when you talk about impeachment, you talk about uh, holding Mayorkas. Right now, they're just sending out, they're sending out subpoenas for Mayorkas. These guys they have been stonewalling them on so much of the evidence and in the invasion of the southern border. You've got DHS, Secret Service, are stonewalling. you know, Mayorkas are stonewalling them on all this aspect of, of uh, Hunter Biden. These should have been done months ago. There's no excuse. I don't want to have Comer coming back on TV and say everything he's going to do. You've got a full invasion of the country. You have... Major cities in meltdown. Eric Adams just said it's going to destroy New York City. And he actually said of, of, of how incompetent he is, he says, uh, oh, but I can see a solution to every problem. I don't see a solution. I don't see a solution to this problem because it's coming across every day and the numbers are increasing. Don't believe uh, their lies when they say they're not. They're using an app. The only reason you haven't seen the big optics come across the southern border is because they put an app out there. The cartels can use that they can have this uh, parole, this humanitarian parole, do it in Mexico and then fly them into the country. This is a full out invasion of our nation and your tax dollars are underwriting it. And by the way, if you're if you're a Catholic and you give the Catholic charities, all these NGOs are exacerbating this. This is the entire globalist Uniparty, the entire apparatus and infrastructure of that that is there and bound and determined uh, to, uh, to to exacerbate this invasion. This is why I'm talking about and even President Trump's using the wrong language now. He says, oh, we're going to deport these criminals. No, 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 no. We're going to deport them all. Everybody that came here on Biden's watch illegally. we gonna start there. There's 10 million. They all have to go back. They have to go back. They have to go back. We cannot can, we cannot we, don't, we can't afford this. We're broke. We can't afford to do this. We can't afford to pay the interest on our debt, and that's going to blow over a trillion dollars. We can't pay for it because that's where we're just printing money. This is whole G20 is going to be a finger pointing of the BRICS nations of the BRICS nations pointing at us. And this is part of the problem. We look down at Eric Adams, he's there giving that talk and he talks about twelve billion dollars. I told you it was going to be a twelve or fifteen billion dollar bailout. Do I have a Todd? No, Todd. It's a hard down. We'll try to get back to him. Remember, Todd's reporting live. The centerpiece, just so you understand, the Rio Grande Valley, as it goes down to Brownsville. McAllen is kind of the, the capital of we call it the capital of the Rio Grande Valley. And then it goes all the way up to uh, uh, Laredo, right? Laredo is the other town as you get further west uh, in the valley, kind of northwest, I guess it is. Uh, then it goes around. You've got South Texas, and then you've got El Paso. So the, the, the two towns are, are McAllen, Laredo, and El Paso. They're really the big towns. Of course, you've got Eagle Pass and all these smaller entities where they do the crossing. Uh, I want to go to Carol Swain, Dr. Carol Swain. Dr. Swain, in all this, we're talking about the education. You got 20,000 illegal aliens, 20,000 into these classrooms, just kind of show up on Tuesday. This is, how many, this is how many illegal aliens are in New York City right now. In New York City, if you're a citizen and you're a progressive Democrat, you deserve everything you get. You people that vote for this, you got it. You deal with it. No bailout from rural America. Suck on that. As Jerry Ford said, how about this? Drop dead, right? Until you make changes, until you're prepared to step up here, we're not coming to bail you out. We're not going to come and bail out illegal aliens. There's enough. There's, we're, we're bailing out enough. We're, the taxpayers are underwriting enough of this. But well, in all Steve, this I, right now, uh, Carol, this, Yes, ma'am, go ahead, jump in.
3: I'm just going to say that the people who are hurt the most by this influx of illegal Uh, Aliens would be working class whites, blacks and Hispanics. Uh, Their children who are trapped in public schools, they will be the ones that will suffer from an even lower quality of education. And if you look at how America's school children are failing, how they compare to other nations, you think it could never get worse, but it looks like it will.
0: I want to go back to this we're going to talk about colleges here in a second, but I want to stay on this topic. Cause I know your whole life has been around education and how you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps through education. I want to go back to your point. The people that are being destroyed by this are working class blacks, Hispanics, particularly in New York city, blacks and Hispanics, citizens that have been there and whites
3: and whites because and whites. the
0: New York city school the New, and whites, the New York city school system it's basically upside down anyway, and now you're going to fuse 20,000 who are all English is a, a second language, So, and that's where they're going to be looking for a massive bailout. Would you agree that there should be no bailout, Carol Swain, of New York City because of them doing this?
3: It should be no bailout for any of those cities, and we all know that the COVID funds, was, they were used to bail out California, Los Angeles, and various cities. That have misspent money and so we need a covet crisis to figure out a way to get money to those cities and i think we are going to see an effort to do a repeat of what happened in 2020 it's bailout money for cities
0: right now talk, talk to me about eric adams eric adams sitting up there whining last night it's going to be the destruction of new york city i can't see a solution out of this hundred thousand He made New York City. He was very proud when he first came. It's a sanctuary city. Come on. And like Todd Benson, this is not Abbott and uh, and DeSantis. That was performative for those guys' political careers. They sent a couple thousand people up there. These are people throughout the world know now because the Biden administration is underwriting, They want to get to New York City. They want to live in the world's capital. Why wouldn't you? The new Rome. They want to live there. And that's why they've got over 110,000 illegal aliens now putting pressure on, on the system how would you what would you how would you recommend your constitutionalist how would you recommend to stop it
3: well i mean eric adams um he's pathetic because his policies and that of other democrats they've encouraged the situation that we have right here and now in america and how would i stop it you know if i had the power to do so we would go back to being uh, a, a, a nation that respected the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law, and we would have a system where the, the, the laws on the books would be enforced, and if the American people changed their minds and they wanted to liberalize those laws, it would be done through the congressional process. It would not be done through uh, executive orders and non-enforcement of existing laws there should be high penalties paid and organizations like Catholic Charities that really are encouraging the influx. They support people for a couple of years and then they tend to be left on the system for the rest of us. And there's no reason, there's, I believe that helps explain why there's so much crime because a lot of the people that come here, they think they're gonna have a better life. They end up with a different kind of poverty Uh, They end up in situations where they see other people living affluent lives. They will never live affluent lives off of welfare and low-wage jobs.
0: You've been tenured and you've taught at some of the finest institutions of of higher education in this country. I think um, Princeton, Vanderbilt, others.
3: What is it about the
0: mindset (laughs) of the elite? <laughs> what is it about the mindset of the elites that
3: first of all, they think the, they're better the than elite everyone
0: else.
3: Well, yeah, well, why everyone why, why are
0: they in back of this?
3: Because I mean, they will very uh, honestly and openly tell you that we need people to mow our lawns, to take care of our children uh, to do the jobs that they claim Americans won't do. It's jobs that they don't want to do. Or they don't want their children to do those jobs. But those of us who travel across America know that there are no jobs that native-born, native-born Americans won't do. And so the elites think that they're better off than everyone else. They believe in globalism. They hate that America is a first world nation. And they would like to see The borders are race uh, between nations, and they don't care if the the standard of living is lowered for every American except themselves. They have insulated themselves. Their children will not suffer because their children are getting private education. And when they push um, uh, affirmative action, race-based, lowered standards, DEI, they are insulated from it. And unfortunately uh, for Democrats, it's their base that suffer the most.
0: You've often uh, said um, that uh, given where the country is now, you think it's very tough to pull out of this dive. The the managed decline by the elites has now become the bottom falling out.
3: The only Do, way we could to what level come of out you, of it. You, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the only way that no, go ahead, it man. would be possible to come out of it, I talk about spiritual solutions. Okay, let's talk about practical solutions. If enough Democrats and Republicans decided they cared about the American people, they decided they wanted to do something for their fellow Americans, I think they could pass laws that would actually improve the quality of life for every American and for the immigrants who are here legally, the ones that followed the process, because They're caught in a very uh, dangerous situation. They're caught in between. And for those uh, immigrants, they don't get the same protections. And so many of them say that I would be better off if I uh, fell out of legal status and became illegal. They feel that they're being punished for following the laws of our land. And many of them love America. They love America. They're trying to follow the laws and they're being punished.
0: Uh, and these pieces that you and I talked about before the show, uh, I think is emblematic of the uh, the confidence people have in the country, the confidence the working class have in the country. Number one, I want you to address this situation where people are thinking now, because of the wokeness and other things, that I may not even need a college education. That college education maybe actually hurt me in my in my personal development. W- what has happened they- because when— I was coming up, my parents, who n- neither went to college, were kind of working class people from the Great Depression. Getting a college education was the number one thing for my mother, for the five kids. She says, hey, I see. I think we'll be successful when all five of my kids graduate from college. What has changed from the 1950s and 60s to today, uh, Doctor?
3: A lot has changed. And I can tell you that that was my path out of poverty that uh what i heard as a young adult was that if you got an education you could make something out of yourself and so during that time you could go to a community college you could transfer to a four-year college if you got a degree you were pretty much insured a middle-class life that's not the case today they have people with four-year degrees that are working as nannies they're working uh, at home depot they are working uh doing menial labor because they have worthless degrees. And what has happened is that the schools have moved away from being a marketplace of ideas. They're not teaching young people critical thinking skills. Instead, they're indoctrinating them and they are allowing the loudest voices. And that tends to be the Marxist oriented students to control the whole institution. And so you have um, administrators you know, drawing a a six figure salaries, you have them, but they're not running the institution as far as the students. They allow the students to dictate which faculty members, whether they're tenured or untenured, get to stay at the university. And it doesn't matter whether the faculty member is liberal or conservative, the rules change every day. They can go after any person. And so the quality of education has dropped to the point that degrees are mostly worthless and institutions like you know Harvard or Yale uh you know Princeton uh, to a lesser degree they are living off their past glory that the quality of education has dropped to the point that i wish that we did not select our supreme court justices and top leaders from those institutions because they don't have the critical thinking skills that we once expected of their graduates and they're in leadership positions they know absolutely nothing about the policies that they are trying to solve they are a big part of the problem and i don't care whether they call themselves conservatives at those institutions there's something about the environment that affects them and i think it's very dangerous steve i'm glad you came through doing an error when uh it was different
0: well talk to me about uh you know, I went to Harvard. Talk about this report that's out in Harvard that shows that I mean it's it's sick. It is a group think. And and with Harvard, which used to be brag about being the greatest university in the country is now I think the lowest rated. They get a zero rating on on freedom of speech. Is is that what this analysis and study shows?
3: It does. And and part of what went into that analysis, there were nine faculty members who uh were I guess they were censured or, or, or attacked because of their views in the classroom. And the institution doesn't back up the faculty uh, in most cases. And so the inmates are really running the prison. It's much more difficult uh, for faculty to teach. If you're in the law school and you want to teach a course on say rape law, uh, the the feminist students will be up in arms because there may have been someone in the class that could have been raped and that person might feel uncomfortable if they're being taught rape law. That's one example from many years ago that I was familiar with. And so uh, those schools are living on their past glory. And one of the things that goes into the rankings because they still tend to get high rankings is that graduation rate and how much their uh, graduates earn. And I happen to know that those institutions, once they let a person in the door, you know, whether they're racial or ethnic minority or white, affluent, it's almost impossible to flunk out. You only flunk out if you don't show up for class. And so for most people, you go to the Ivy League, you get your foot in the door, you get to stay. And that's why you have such a high graduation rate. Plus they have huge endowments. And if they want to subsidize the income of students that they let in that may have less uh income they can do so so they have lots of money to burn uh lots of dei officers they have an agenda that they are pushing and they have a recipe for disaster because their ideas influence the whole nation and the whole world
0: i want people because everything with crt uh diversity equity inclusion ESG, all of it, you tackle in your books and writings. Where do people go to get fully immersed in in all of your thinking?
3: Well, I have a new book, The Adversity of Diversity, and it focuses on the impact. uh, It focuses on uh, the impact of DEI programs in the workplace and just how dangerous they are for America. They violate our civil rights laws and our, our constitution in a way that's detrimental to American citizens because our civil rights laws protect all Americans. It prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, national origins, religion. And what we are finding is that men are being discriminated against because they're males. Whites are being discriminated against because they're white. Asians are being discriminated against because they're successful. Uh, Blacks, um, are being uh, discriminated against because the racism is such that the expectations have been dropped so low that minorities are being resegregated. The 1964 Civil Rights Act was to end segregation. The campuses have resegregated. The public schools have resegregated. Segregation is alive in America. They are violating our civil rights laws and our constitution. And so my book is designed to first alert people to these things, but also to make them aware that we can have diversity without discrimination. We can go back to equal opportunity, non-discrimination. Yep. D- and d- uh, d- that's what Dr. we Dr. do. Just,
0: just, just hang on for a second. I'm going to hold you through the break. Dr. Carol right. Swainer, join us on the other side. The former KGB Colonel Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. With thousands of happy customers An A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and countless five-star reviews. You can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text BANNON to 989898. That's BANNON. At 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news, and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train, and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code BANNON, itargetpro.com, action, action, action. Did you know that current cell phone towers only reach 7% of the Earth's surface? And if you're out of that range, or if a wildfire destroys everything, how will you contact your loved ones? Just look at Maui. That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone and you need it today. With your sat phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you'll always be within reach. Your calls are secure and private. No one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages, they're encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Right now, my trusted partner, Satellite Phone Store, is giving you a free Iridium 9555 satellite phone, a free solar panel, a free portable power station, and a free large Faraday bag, all with a 15-month plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's sat123.com S-A-T, slash Bannon right now. Be ready for anything. Earthquake, wildfires, terrorism, with your new satellite phone today, as well as your free bonuses. Visit sat123.com slash and use the code STEVE50, that's STEVE50, at checkout, for free activation or dial 941-955-1020. That's 941-955-1020 to snag your free Iridium 9555 satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, code Steve50, or call 941-955-1020. Take action. Use your agency. Do it today. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Dr. Swain, I want to make sure also people get to your social media, and particularly your news site. You put up news every day. Where do people go?
3: dot com, And I have that the new book, The Adversity of Diversity, and I have an earlier book, Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. I would recommend both books for people who want to be informed. And I want Americans to know that, I am doing this because I feel that for this time in history, that I'm to be the civil rights advocate for all people. And I feel like that the discrimination is great. It's great against um, people that are non-minorities. And I believe in America. I believe in our constitution and our laws, the equal application of our laws. And it shouldn't be a situation where people are discriminated against because of their race or even their conservative views.
0: Dr. Swain, you are a, uh, patriot and a warrior. That's why we love thank having you. you on. And that's why the war room posse, uh, loves you. So thank you. Honored to have you on here, man.
3: Thank you.
0: Okay. Dr. Robert Reich was a secretary of labor under Clinton. Remember the Adams family cabinet he had back in the nineties. This guy's a major, obviously guy on the left. He's got a big column. I think every week in the guardian, he wrote the other day, they're in full meltdown because of Trump's the numbers under uh, under a uh, pinning Trump, but not just Trump, what they're seeing in the rise of the populist movement and how these uh, the collapse of the policies of Biden, not just Biden as an old man, because that's what I say. It's about his age and about his dimension. No, no, no. This is about his policies, about Bidenomics and the radical policies. They understand what's happening. We're ascendant and they're in total freakout mode. Let's go ahead and play this clip.
4: Donald Trump should not be allowed on the ballot. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment prohibits anyone who has held public office and taken an oath to protect the Constitution from holding office again if they, quote, have engaged in insurrection against the United States. This key provision was enacted after the Civil War to prevent those who rose up against our democracy from ever being allowed to hold office again. This applies to Donald Trump, He cannot again be entrusted with public office. He led an insurrection. He refused to concede the results of the 2020 election, claiming it was stolen. Even when many in his own inner circle, including his own attorney general, told him it was not.
5: I told him that the stuff that his people were shuttling out to the public was bullshit. I mean, that the claims of fraud were bullshit.
4: Trump then pushed state officials to change vote counts hatched a plot to name fake electors, tried to pressure his vice president into refusing to certify the electoral college votes, had his allies seek access to voting machine data, and summoned his supporters to attack the Capitol on January 6th to disrupt the formal recognition of the presidential election results.
0: We fight, we fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not gonna have a country anymore.
4: And then he waited hours reportedly watching the violence on TV before telling his supporters to go home. Despite pleas from his staff, Republican lawmakers, and even Fox News. If this is not the behavior of an insurrectionist, I don't know what is. Can there be any doubt that Trump will again try to do whatever it takes to regain power, even if it's illegal and unconstitutional? If anything, given all the MAGA election deniers in Congress and in the States, Trump is even less constrained than he was in 2020, and more power-hungry. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today I add, I am your warrior, I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. Trump could face criminal charges for inciting an insurrection, but that's not necessary to bar him from the ballot. Secretaries of State and other election officials across the country have the power to determine whether candidates meet the qualifications for office. They have a constitutional duty to keep Trump off the ballot, based on the clear text of the U.S. Constitution. Now, some might argue that voters should be able to decide for themselves whether candidates are fit for office, even if they're dangerous. But the Constitution sets the bar for what disqualifies someone from being president. Candidates must be at least 35 years old and a natural-born U.S. citizen, and they must not have engaged in insurrection after they previously took an oath to defend the Constitution. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has already been used to disqualify an insurrectionist from continuing to hold public office in New Mexico, with the state Supreme Court upholding the ruling. This is not about partisanship. If a Democrat attempts to overthrow the government, they should not be allowed on ballots either. Election officials must keep Donald Trump off the ballot in 2024. Democracy cannot survive if insurrectionists hold power in our government. So please visit the link below to do your part, keeping Donald Trump off the ballot in 2024.
5: There is an argument uh, circulating about whether the 14th Amendment that prohibits anyone in quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding public office bars Trump from running for president. Now, this hasn't been tested in our system before. Uh, Do you think, what is your thought on whether that's a valid argument? I think it is a valid argument. Uh, You know, the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, is pretty clear. If you engage in acts of insurrection or rebellion against the government, or you give aid and comfort to those who do, you are disqualified from running. It doesn't require that you be convicted of insurrection. Uh, It just requires that uh, you have engaged in these acts. It's a disqualification from holding office again. Uh, And it fits Donald Trump to a T. I think this will be tested when a Secretary of State either refuses to put him on the ballot or puts him on the ballot and is challenged by a litigant. Um, I would imagine it will go up to the Supreme Court, and that's the big question mark through all of this, which is what will the Supreme Court do? There are prominent constitutional scholars as well as prominent uh, progressive scholars uh, who believe that he should be disqualified. But uh, will the court take that step? Ultimately, uh, only time will tell, but I do think uh, it is a very legitimate issue by the clear terms of the 14th Amendment. He should be disqualified from holding office.
0: OK, I, I want to remind everybody, as I've told you, this was going to be a big thing and was not going to be able to be dismissed out of hand. It has no basis in the Constitution whatsoever. We had Professor Dershowitz on here the very day that this broke. Remember, let's go back because uh, this is. What. I want is the takeaway or your takeaway from this. This is principally being driven. By major Republican Party donors. The railhead of this was a couple of months ago when uh, Leonard Leo's the Federalist Society had two kind of non-event constitutional lawyers. People, the guys didn't really know, wrote this paper. Under the auspices of the Federalist Society. That talked about that Donald Trump, and these are conservative uh, scholars, or at least one of them was. I think the other one may be a libertarian, maybe, maybe even tends towards uh, being a Democrat. But one was very pro- you know, was at least known in, as a known entity. They wrote this paper under the auspices of the Federalist Society that said that Trump could be barred uh, on, the, on Article 3 of the, uh, or Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. We had Dershowitz on the following day when the story broke. As soon as I saw it, I said, I can see what's going on here. They, they understand there's no constitutional basis of this, but they want to get it out and they're going to create a political information warfare firestorm. And eventually they want to get it back to state legislatures or get it back to the secretaries of state in these uh, radical, um, in these left-wing states to try to get Trump off the ballot. Then they're going to go to some place like has a, uh, a red state like Arizona that has a radical left um, AG and secretary of state, or like in Michigan, or like in Wisconsin where you've got a governor, or in Pennsylvania where you got them, and they're going to try to get him off the ballot there. Because they understand the get him off a ballot in one or two states, it's mathematically almost impossible to win the presidency. And this is another flank in the attack that you've got the vectors, what I call, they call the lines of work or the vectors. One is we got the lawfare and the lawfare is everywhere. That's from 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 Georgia to, to the federal basis, to New York City, to Manhattan. And they're hitting him and they're trying to time down both opportunity cost and, and also money. So he can't, you know, some of the money has going to be raised for the defense and, 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 and the time and the complexity of the cases and also just to take him off the campaign trail. So that's one vector. Right. One line. Another one is now opening up as this is this 14th amendment. Of course you've got the media and you've got everything that the uniparty's trying to do and all that trying to stop him. You've you've got the you've got this 14th amendment vector and the vector in the 14th amendment is once again they're all the same fight. Different in degrees but not in kind as I say. And that is where you have huge donors of the Republican establishment, the old order coming together with radical Democrats To stop Trump. And why do they want to stop Trump? Pence gave it away. It's to stop Trump's movement, the populist movement. The donors in this country don't want to be held accountable for what they've done to this country. The wealthy in this nation do not want to be held accountable for what they've allowed to have happened to this nation. And that is that they fear this show and they fear you because this show is your platform. The grassroots uh, before, uh, you know, the grassroots movement, the populist movement, the nationalist movement that puts America first, that puts the American citizens first. This goes back to the opening we had with uh, with Eric Adams and what they've allowed to happen in New York City, the elites, because Adams is just their puppet. By the way, Todd uh, uh had some technical problems. We're going to try to get him back on tomorrow. The 14th Amendment. Understand this. This is not um, this came out of the Federalist Society. It came out of people that are sponsored by Leonard Leo. This uh, is not grounded in the Constitution, but it doesn't need to be. All they needed to do was have a little hook. You heard Robert Reich's uh, plea. And look how nervous they are. Look how they're playing. Trump must be kept off the ballot. Talk about anti-democratic. They understand he cannot be beaten at the polls. They didn't beat us in 16, and we were 14 points behind with 100 days to go, or 12 points behind with 100 days to go. They couldn't beat him in 16. They couldn't beat him in 20. They had to steal it. And even in stealing, it it was only, what, 42,000 votes, 50,000 votes combined over a couple of states with all their stealing. With Trump getting 74 million votes. Think about that for a second. 74 million votes. They understand they can't defeat him in the primary. They tried to do that. This is why Murdoch and they had DeSantis, the trial run of DeSantis took a year and a half. And he's blown up. And now they got Kemp, got a pack. He's out raising money. He got Youngkin. Youngkin's all in the bullpen warming up to replace DeSantis they've tried it all and yet the Murdoch uh, the Murdoch primary is not working not going to work Trump is now the presumptive nominee he is essentially the nominee so the general I told you I informed you that the Republican establishment if they couldn't uh, kneecap him in the primary and that's what they're trying to do it every day just bleed him out bleed him out bleed him out, bleed him out little by little bleed him out Make it, make it, make the focus tougher. Make the money harder to get. Just bleed them out, bleed them out. That they they support uh, the apparatus and the Biden regime, or anybody, or Whitmer or Newsom. They don't care anybody but Trump and the Republican donors. Right, this Opportunity Society by Paul Singer, the Kochs, Schwartzman, all of them. They're all in back of feeding money into the system for the Fourteenth Amendment. This is another thing, just to put down people's minds. And all they need is one uh, one radical uh, uh, secretary of state or AG to get him off the ballot or try to get him off the ballot. And then you have total chaos. They don't they they don't trust the American people to make the right decision. It's the farthest thing from their mind. It's absolutely farthest thing from their mind. This is not going to go away. And I understand that this audience has a has a massive burden on their shoulders. But you have it for a reason. You're the descendants and you're in the spiritual line of the greatest nation on earth and the greatest people on earth. And it's not the elites in this nation that have led it. It's the American people. That's always what people have had to fall, fall back on, even where we've been blessed in certain periods of our history to have elites. But think about that even for a second. Look at look at Andrew Jackson. Look at General Jackson. Look at Abraham Lincoln. You couldn't come from more modest circumstances than that. Jackson was virtually an orphan. A couple of years into the Revolutionary War, Abraham Lincoln, you know, couldn't get more hard scrabble than that. They were always men of the people. That is what saved this nation is the people. Always. We're going to end with that great Johnny Cash song in a second, but I want to make sure that everybody, because what we've tried to do is empower you to make sure you understand you are the protagonist in this drama. You are essentially driving the action McCarthy's reacting to you, McConnell's reacting to you, Reich is reacting to you. Because Trump, as the instrument, Trump as the driver and the leader of the movement, has to have a movement that is has backing, and has gravitas. And one of the reasons we do that is put out all this information. That's why I want you to go to make sure you go to Birch Gold, get up to date in the debt trap. Putting a new one out because this firestorm and this fight. They hate the fact the donor class and people on the donor class are giving me information every day. Can't shut down the government. It's going to cause an upset to the U.S. economy. And Biden's going to get blamed for it. Don't do it. Hey, dude, we've heard all these stories so many times. It's time now. The posse is going to be the adults in the room. Always remember, you are the protagonist in this drama. It is your action and your agency. And I realize this, this show is not an easy show to follow. We just don't sit there and I just don't sit there and talk all the time. So you just very passively. Oh, what has Steve got to say? I don't care what Steve has to say. We care what you have to say. We care what you gravitate to as we put it forward. And you've gravitated to the key points. That's why the action's happening. That's why McCarthy's so afraid of the motion to vacate because of you. You're the ones that had the back of the six and the 20 back in January. That's even where we got the changes we could get. And this is why this month of September is going to be a firefight like you can't believe. As they try to thwart the will of the people. Now, you've heard Pence. Pence is an inflection point in American history. On that one, he's got it right. We are populist. We are right-wing populist, right-wing nationalists. We are conservative by nature. But we don't believe in the passivity of how the conservative movement has essentially gone along and been the junior partner and has condoned everything that's happened to our country. It was their votes in the Iraq war, their votes in Afghanistan. They looked the other way of everything that happened to our education system. They didn't have the fortitude or the guts to step up, and you do, and that's why they hate you, and that's why they hate Trump. Remember, the central reason they hate Donald Trump and would do anything to destroy him, putting him in prison for 700 years, is that Donald Trump alone put you in the room. Not in the room, not in the deal. Donald J. Trump put you in the room and put you at the head of the table as a decision maker. Okay, we're going to leave uh, tonight with the great Johnny Cash song, the new anthem of the deplorables. These are my people. We will be back tomorrow morning live on fire at 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We'll see you back in the room.
6: These are my people. This is a land where my forefathers lie. These are my people. In brotherhood, we're heirs of a creed to live by. A creed that proclaims that by loved ones' blood stains, this is my land, and these are my people. These are my people, they were born on and lived by the land, these are my people, and their cities were raised by hard-working hands, and their faces do tell that they're holding on well to this their land. Yes, these are my people. These are my people. These are the ones who will reach for the stars. These are my people. By the light of the earth, you can tell they are ours. A new step to take and a new day will break. For this my land, yes, these are my people, these are my people.